The following podcast is by Mr. Jim Taylor, elder law and special needs attorney, helping and protecting those who need long-term care. And welcome back, everyone, to Answers for Elders Radio Network Podcast Network. And I am here again with Jim Kaler, elder law attorney from the Kaler Law Firm in in between Akron and Cleveland. I just learned that in our last segment. I didn't know exactly where Richfield, Ohio was. So now I know, Jim, it, it's, it's, it's almost exactly place. halfway. Yeah, it's There's like a half cool. mile difference between downtown Cleveland and downtown Akron. So the question is, which airport do you fly out of? You kind of have your choice, don't you? Uh, it depends where I'm trying to go and what the cost yeah. is. Yeah, but if you're exactly. trying to go direct, it's mostly Cleveland. But you're, you know, if it's sure. relatively close, Akron Canton is awesome. It's a great airport. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So anyway, we have been talking a lot about Medicare and different types of health care. But um, I really want to now kind of switch the topic and talk a lot about long term care as a whole. Because obviously, people hear this term a lot. And we hear all the time planning ahead for long-term care, right? And, but what is planning ahead and what do people need to be mindful of? I guess is the question that I have. Okay. So first let's talk about what is long-term care. Mm-hmm. I view long-term care and I, I think I'm reasonably close to a functional definition. You don't need the legal one. Let's, let's go with functional. When you can't take care of yourself and what insurance companies and Medicaid and everyone in the medical profession calls mm-hmm. activities of daily living. Yep. If you have trouble bathing by yourself, you're not safe to stand in the shower by yourself. Um, if you have trouble reaching the back of your legs, okay, that happens. That's not a big deal. We're talking about right. you're afraid of slipping in the shower. You simply cannot wash yourself. Sure. Um, Bathroom's so dangerous anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, toileting, although frankly, it's easy to toilet. It's the cleaning up afterward or right. doing it in a way that you require minimal cleaning up <clears throat> afterward. There's usually a long-term care issue. Those are frankly the big two yeah. that where you see the beginnings of the need for long-term care really kicking in. Bathing is, is by far the, the most common one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some uh, just comparing to long-term care insurance policies for a second, and we'll get way into long-term care uh, insurance policies over the next two or three podcasts. Mm-hmm. But um, some long-term care insurance policies exclude bathing as one of their tests for it's time to kick in the policy because they know it's the first one to go. And that's insurance. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah. You don't see many of them, but there are some, um, dressing. And I mean, as, as a guy who's got problems with nimbleness in my fingers, I sometimes trouble button buttoning some buttons, especially this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I having trouble dressing on my own? God, I hope not. But you know, you, you see it beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so bathing, dressing, toileting, ambulating, walking around. Mm-hmm. Okay. Transferring is another huge one. Huge it, one. It, no one knows what transferring means. It means being able to get out of bed or out of, out of a chair on your own. Mm-hmm. That's a balance, leg strength and hip strength thing. Right. Okay. Um, and eating on your own, that's usually one of the last to go. Bathing, toileting, ambulating. I'm not going to get them all. But when you, when you lose the ability to do that on your own, what working people have done before they left the house for the day, those are activities of daily living, okay? If you have right. trouble doing those on your own, you, you're either injured and it's temporary, or if it seems to be permanent, we're now talking long-term care. Sure. So how do you plan ahead for that financially, okay? 
because there are other things we're going to talk about uh, planning your documents, you know, powers of return, things like that. We'll talk about that in a separate session. Mm -hmm. uh, but financially planning ahead for long-term care, there's really three things to do. You can do nothing, which by default is what most people do. And that's okay. Uh, maybe you can buy insurance and there's several different ways to do that. Well, several exaggeration, maybe three different ways to do that. Maybe four. Um, or you can, if you want to avoid all of your life savings going to the cost of long-term care, you can give some money away now while you're healthy. Yeah, <clears throat> but if something happens within five years, then you're Well, you, you don't want to give away everything because you got to live the rest yeah. of your life anyway. You're still yeah. healthy, you know? Yeah. So you, you got, you, if you're going to try to give something away while you're still healthy, please work with a lawyer like me. You can find a mm -hmm. bunch of us through NALE, N-A-E-L-E, -E, National Academy of Auto Law Attorneys or the National Organization of Lawyers Like Me. Uh, NALE dot, I can't remember org. if it's .com or .org. I think it's I think .com. It's dot .org. Oh, it you is? .org? Either one. They probably have they both and they just point at each other. Okay. And then there's a find a lawyer button on the front page. Use the zip code function. That seems to work best. I don't know why the others don't work as well. If you look for, you know, if you look in Richfield, Ohio, I may be the only one that comes up. Even if you, even if you say 25 miles of Richfield, Ohio, just mm -hmm. because you use Richfield, I may be the only one there. Right. Um, or I've got a colleague who has a house in Richfield, but doesn't have an office there. She might show up too. And you're, yeah. she's great too. Um, but use zip code because that seems to be the work, the one that works best with uh, the radius function, 25 miles away, mm -hmm. 50 miles away, 10 miles away, whatever. Okay. So you can find some of those. So if you want to give something away ahead of time while you're still healthy, definitely work with an elder law attorney because you want to find a balance of what you need to keep to support yourself and sure. what you're willing to give away and take the risk that you don't make it through five years. And I just checked. It's N-A-E-L-A dot org. Sorry, my Naila friends in Virginia. It's .org. My apologies. <laughs> They'll probably up my, re uh, up my uh, fee for next year for joining just because I screwed <laughs> that one up. Um, so doing nothing. Mm -hmm. If you are not worried about long-term care in your future, maybe doing nothing is the way to go. I don't like that. That is a big risk because more than three quarters of us are going to need long-term care before we die. Yeah. But if you don't want to give money away because you want to hold on to all of it, and that's the way my grandmother was, um, or you want to take that trip to Tahiti, you're not sure how, many, how much money you're going to need. Yeah. Or if you don't like paying insurance companies or don't want to pay the premiums of some form of long-term care insurance, doing nothing is okay as long as you realize you're taking the risk that you could get eaten up financially by the cost of long-term care. Right. Right. But until then... You have the lifestyle you want. You've done what you want. And it's okay. It's your money. It's your life. It's your mm -hmm. lifestyle. Fine. If you are losing sleep over the cost of long-term care as a risk in your future, I'm not talking about long-term care now. If you have long-term care now, that's a crisis case. That's a whole going to be a whole series of podcasts at some point down the road. Okay. Mm -hmm. Crisis is huge, but it's also mostly what I do. Um, but if you are worried about long-term care insurance, you can either go the insurance, I'm sorry, long-term care risk in your future and the financial costs of it, mm -hmm. then you can insure against it or you can give money away now. And that part is sheltered if you get that, that chunk of money is sheltered if you get through five years. Sure. There's also things you can do with your house that will shelter it that frankly don't change 
how you use it. It's still a house. Right. You just become a tenant of a trust rather than the owner of the house. Exactly. But and your house a, goes into a trust. Yeah. And if you do set the trust up right, and this is a, I mean, these are really weird kinds of trusts. I'll tell you the name in a second. So you don't, and then explain why you shouldn't freak out about the name, but the trust owns the house. But if you set a particular kind of trust, you don't have the tax consequences that you do in a different right. kind of trust. Right. So for a house, because it will still act like a house, you uh, would want to set up what's called an intentionally defective grantor trust. Yes, I said defective, but don't worry about it. It was intentional, intentionally defective grantor trust. Or if you want to use a little bit of, you know, loose language, you simply refer to it as an idiot, which sounds like okay. idiot if you're saying it really fast. Uh, so you, you get an idiot or a Medicaid idiot called a midget. And there's really no difference between a Medicaid and a regular, but some people like tagging Medicaid on front of it because I like midget better. Um, you definitely want to go to uh, a smart estate planning attorney or an elder law attorney to get that set up. Mm -hmm. But an intentionally defective grantor trust mm -hmm. will hold the house. It, the trust will still be tied to your social security number. So any income inside the trust is attributable to you but the trust is irrevocable. So any income inside the trust that created that income tax right. liability to you isn't available to you. That's why it's great for houses because until you sell, the house is you, not creating you income. You don't have the tax liability. So yeah, there's no right. tax problem because it's not generating any income. Sure. Okay. You don't want to use this for rental property unless you've got some no. other ta uh, cash flow. Because that's income producing. the taxes. And that goes to your social security. So, exactly. <clears throat> so- I remember with my father, um, he was obviously married to my stepmother and they each had three on each side grown children. He did what was called for his side of their trust. He had in, um, you know, his assets on one side, he put a life insurance policy on my stepmother mm -hmm. and that was on her, her side. And they were it was a family trust, but they were acted differently. But the minute upon one of their deaths, it became irrevocable. Yeah. yeah. Is that commonly done or? Yes, but that is also an estate planning thing. Okay. More so than now the irrevocability, um, if it applied to the entire trust, no, then just one that, side, that would be uh, a, a, uh, could be a long-term care planning trust for the surviving spouse. But yeah. generally, I, I suspect you are describing what's called an AB trust, what married couples used to do. Okay. Uh, and the AB trust was mostly because, you know, one of them was A, one of them was B. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it, so, so for dad, he was A and stepmom was B. On mom's trust, she was A and your Got dad it. was B. Okay. So they had, I think it was called a family trust at the time. Yeah. I just remembered because I was involved after he passed away, I had to sign a bunch of documents. And, um, and then really by the time, you know, she had Alzheimer's, so there wasn't a lot left by the time right. she passed away. Um, but See, the AB trust was thing. big as an avoidance of the estate tax back yeah. when the estate tax kicked in at about Got half a million it. dollars. But that doesn't apply anymore. Right. But a lot of people still haven't got rid of their old AB trusts because they're still hanging out there because they yeah. haven't updated yeah. their plan. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Now we are seeing fewer and fewer of them because people who had them have died off because the mm -hmm. $11 million and soon to be, I understand, $12 million 
lifetime exemption from the estate tax. Mm-hmm. After the end of the year, it's going to go yeah. to 12, according to rumors. Um, and uh, so with a married couple, you know, now 22 and will be 24 million. Mm-hmm. Um, there just ain't that many people that need that right. level of tax planning. And those who need that level of tax planning can afford the lawyers to do it at a Absolutely. very high level. Okay. Absolutely. So, so the AB trust that it sounds like you're describing was an estate tax minimization or avoidance animal, not a, a Medicaid planning. It may have had some benefit that way if written properly, but that's not what we're talking about. Perfect. And we're going to continue this conversation in our next segment right after this. State of Ohio residents, you have a friend to help you navigate long-term care while protecting your assets. You can reach Jim at www.protectingseniors.com or just email him at jkoewler-afe, that's jkoewler-afe at protectingseniors.com. It's time to rethink. Renew and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather, the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.